0: Welcome to Episode 5 of the Burning Questions Podcast, where we host conversations about smokes, stories, and substance. I'm Davis Lacey, your host on this podcast and founder of the LJ Cigar Lounge, which sponsors this podcast. I'm really excited to share today's episode with you because it represents a first in the life of this podcast. In our previous episodes, we've mostly hosted guests and had conversations with people who are external to the LAJ Cigar Lounge. Today's conversation is with someone that I first met as a customer of the LAJ Cigar Lounge. And from that introduction, we've become really, really good friends. That person's name is Barry Bradley. And although he didn't start smoking cigars until he was well into his forties, he has made up for lost time. He's worked at a cigar shop, He's hung out and smoked with guys like Ray Lewis, and now he provides leadership to a global movement called Holy Smokes. I'm excited for you to hear Barry's story, so let's get into it. Enjoy this episode of the Burning Questions podcast. So welcome to the Burning Questions podcast, where every episode we talk about smokes, stories and substance. And today's guest is a good friend of mine who is well qualified to speak to all three of these things. And of course, I'm talking about Barry Bradley. Barry, uh, welcome to the Burning Questions podcast. How are you doing this morning, brother?
1: Hey, great, Davis. How are you?
0: I'm well, I'm well. You know, this is the first time that we have had to do a Burning Questions podcast recording via a Zoom call that's going to be recorded. Uh, but Barry is a regular at the L.A.J. Cigar Lounge. Um, you'll see him because he is an incredibly good looking and incredibly skillful pickleball playing <laughs> uh, cigar smoker who is just the, pretty much the coolest guy in the room every time that he's in the lounge. So, um, yeah, you guys you guys split time between Florida and L.A.J. And uh, I'm looking forward to you guys being back up in town uh, later this month.
1: Well, We are, too. We love it up there.
0: Hey, tell me this before we uh, before we kind of get going on your story and maybe some substance. Um, what what cigars have you found yourself smoking lately? What have what have been some of your go tos and some of your favorites?
1: Well, I, I like to try a, a variety of things. Uh, Padrone is probably one of my favorites, but I smoke lots of stuff. Uh, got a buddy that's a cigar rep, so he uh, he sends me some of his brands, which are leaf by oscar uh, espinosa um, a couple of more i can't think of right now but anyway i also like my father which i had the pleasure of uh, being at the my father event that you had recently and um, I, I just like a i like to try new stuff that comes out i'm not one of these guys that i'm only going to stick with one brand you know
0: I understand entirely. I remember when I started smoking cigars, uh, I was a senior in high school, right? When I turned 18. And so I was smoking cigars in Mm -hmm. high school, uh, legally, and um, in college. And for the first little while that I was smoking, I would basically stick to what I knew because I was able to afford one, maybe two cigars a month with my pocket money at that point. And so now that (laughs) I have a little bit of extra margin, uh, as well as lots of cigar reps that want to bring me truckloads of cigars, it seems like, in hopes that I'm going to buy truckloads of cigars from them. Uh, I've enjoyed trying some new stuff as well, but everything that you just mentioned, um, it's really good taste, brother. Really good taste. That's great. Um, you have not always been a cigar smoker. I feel like as we've talked, I I remember that you got into cigars maybe a little bit later in life than I did. Tell me the story of how you were introduced to premium cigars
1: okay well yeah i just turned 70 um last last couple of weeks ago and uh i didn't start smoking until 2002 but that's been what 20 almost 22 years ago now so it's it's been a while but i was uh in my late 40s early 50s whatever and um anyway i have a, a buddy a colleague who uh was a cigar smoker. I knew he liked uh, Diamond Crown Maximus was his favorite cigar and a a new cigar cigar shop. Yeah, it's great. The new cigar shop had just opened, which happened to be uh, the Corona Cigar in Lake Mary, Florida. And uh, so I decided I'd take him there for his birthday to buy him a birthday cigar. So we go in and... uh, I get his cigar and, you know, back then it was like 14, 15 bucks, something like that, which I thought, wow, I didn't know they were that much. Uh, So anyway, I bought him this cigar and he goes, well, you're going to have a cigar with me, aren't you? I said, well, you know, I don't smoke. He goes, oh, come on, it's my birthday. You got to have a cigar with me. So, you know, I didn't want to spend 15 bucks for something I probably wasn't going to really enjoy anyway. So I saw a little cigar for four bucks. All right, I'll get this one. So we're sitting outside in front of the store and uh, lighting these up. And he's over there, boy. I mean, he's just really enjoying this Diamond Crown Maximus. And and I'm sitting over there with this thing. It it was uh, acrid at best and static at worst. (laughs) And uh, he goes, that's not a very good cigar. So he wipes the end of his off. He goes. Take a puff off of mine and see the difference in a premium cigar and that crazy thing you're smoking. And I took a puff off of his, and I'm like, wow, that's that's really pretty good. So I went back in the store and bought me a, a Diamond Crown, but it was the Connecticut. I wasn't quite ready for that sun-grown wrapper, and um, I really enjoyed it and uh, been smoking ever since.
0: The fact that your first cigar experience was a Diamond Crown Maximus, which is probably my running favorite right now, if I had to pick a favorite cigar, um, but is also one of the most full-bodied and complex smokes that I have enjoyed. And I I like that, but I don't think that I would have been ready for that as a brand new cigar smoker. Um, So kudos to you, man. And, And that Diamond Crown, just the original, you know, Uh, Shade grown wrapper that they've got. That's a fantastic smoke as well. Uh, A little bit more approachable, maybe for for those that are looking for something more in the the mild to medium range. Uh, That's a great story. All right. So you are at that point, you just turned 70. That was so you're you're mid to late 40s, if my math is correct, when this is happening, correct? Right. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that my my brain is working somewhat this morning. Um, and, and so you hang out at Corona. You have your first cigar with your buddy. You're, you're hooked on it. Tell me what it was like, because I, I know your story and I know that you went from smoking cigars for the first time in your 40s to working at that same cigar shop. Uh, later on in life. So talk to me about how you um, started smoking more regularly and how you ended up coming to work at Corona Cigar Company.
1: Okay. Well, uh, when I first started smoking, you know, I mean, it was like the the complexity of how a cigar was constructed was intriguing to me. Uh, I've got a um, degree in biochemistry. So I, I really got into the the biology and the chemistry of cigars how they're you know from the seed to the uh to the plant to putting the plant in the field and then the cultivation and then all of the curing processes uh the the chemistry of sweating out the nicotine all this stuff it just really intrigued me so i really got into the science of how cigars are made which was something that that kind of spurred me on to try different things. And um, so as I uh, became a regular at Corona Cigar, one day I'm in there, and the uh, the manager is filling out the schedule for the weekend shift. And he goes, I just happen to be standing there while he's doing this. And he goes, Oh, my goodness, I don't have enough guys to work this weekend. We had one guy quit, Uh another guy left to go the military and another guy we let go. That's three I'm three guys down. I don't have enough people to cover the ship this weekend. And he was just thinking out loud, of course. And I said, Well, you know, I'm off on Fridays, so you know, if you just need somebody to work Friday nights, I would I would do that. I already was familiar with where practically everything in the store was from being in there so much. He goes can you start Friday night? <laughs> here, here's, your, here, here's your uniform shirt, you know, the Guayabara. Uh, anyway, so I started working there. I worked on Friday nights, you know, plus I covered a few other guys' shifts occasionally for about eight years. Uh, that's that's a, how it got started.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so you did that for about eight years. Uh, tell me, Tell me some of the... Just your experience working in a cigar shop, because I know my experience, um, but I don't know that our listeners know what it's like, some of the characters that you meet, some of the um, you know, some of the frustrations or some of the high points. Just just give me some of the ups and downs on on what that was like for you, if that makes sense.
1: Okay. Well, um, Yeah, there are so many different uh, characters that you run across, uh, working in a cigar cigar shop, you know, you got the regulars, you get used to their habits, you practically know what they're gonna pick up off the shelf before they as they walk in the store, you know, and we have one guy, actually, all he smoked was padrones. we called him Mr. Padron. Uh, So anyway, but the one thing that really used to bug me still does, but if you guys are listening out there, please don't go into the cigar shop and do this. Uh, guys would come up and pay for their cigar. And while you're you know, doing whatever the transactions are with the computer or the cash register or whatever, they would pick their cigar up. And of course you're gonna cut it and light it for them. And they would pick their cigar up and stick the end of it in their mouth and roll it around and get it all wet and juicy. Well. You know, we are about to cut your cigar with the cigar cutter that we cut dozens and dozens of cigars with a day. And now we're gonna cut that with your saliva all over it. So every time somebody would do that, we would have to take a lighter and sterilize the cutter that we used on that cigar because it had slobber all over it. So <laughs> Wait, wait till they cut your cigar before you stick it in your mouth. Okay. Uh, that's that's right, good advice. That's please. good
0: advice. That's good advice for sure.
1: Have you ever had that happen?
0: Uh, I will, I will choose to plead the fifth on that one, Barry, uh, just because, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it is what it is, but yeah, I we, we've certainly had that happen before. It's a pain.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that was just one of my pet peeves. And then, um, you know, just uh, be really uh, conscientious about ashing. I mean, I, I, I've seen people, the ashtrays sitting right in front of them, but they're sitting there looking at their phone and they just kind of absentmindedly go off to the side and ash on the floor, you know? And it's like, man, <laughs> what's up with that?
0: So we've got some of the same, yeah. We've got some of the same pet peeves. It sounds like, and uh, also sounds like cigar smoking culture with all of its ups and downs has not changed much uh, since the time that you were working at Corona Cigar (laughs) Company. We got some of the same exact stuff going on as well. Um, Who are some of the most interesting people that you've gotten to light up with that you've met while you're smoking cigars? Whether that's working at Corona, whether that's just out and about in different places. Who are some of the most interesting fascinating um they can be well known or they don't have to be well known but tell me some of the personalities that you've gotten to meet and smoke with
1: okay well the really cool thing about working at corona all those years was i got to meet practically every one of the the big cigar makers uh from uh carlito puente to uh hazad han sosha who's from Gurkha Cigars, uh, founder of that company. Sure. Um, Avo, uh, Avo Uvazian. he was the piano player for Frank Sinatra. And once he retired from uh, playing the piano for Frank Sinatra, he got into cigars in a big way and uh, uh, developed his own brand with the the help of the Davidoff company. Yes. also got to meet uh, Hanky Kellner. Who was the who is the master blender for Davidoff in the Dominican Dominican Republic, and just a really interesting guy. Um, wow, there's been there's been lots. I've met lots of professional athletes, and I'll tell you this one. I hope he doesn't ever come trying to find me for telling this story. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, Ray Lewis, who played for the the Baltimore Ravens in the yeah. Super Bowl a great defensive back, you know, he'd be a guy I, I certainly wouldn't want to arm wrestle or, or, or get in any confrontation with because he could take you out in a New York second. But it was shocking to me that he would come in the store. And you'll never guess what his favorite cigar was. It was a grape flavored cigar. He wouldn't smoke the you no know, macho stuff that you would think he would be smoking it's amazing thinking grape flavors (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: great that's great
1: (laughs) and uh you know met a lot of athletes met dominique wilkins who has his own uh uh, line of cigars now um he was really a cool guy
0: yeah appreciate
1: the flavor the Atlanta Hawks, right? I was about
0: to say, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the Georgia reference there, brother.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, met met lots of different athletes. Met uh, uh, you know several football, baseball, basketball players. Thiago Splitter. I don't know if you know who he is. He he. Uh, I don't think he's playing now, but he was from Brazil. He's seven, think seven feet two, and uh, he was in the store one time. And you know, I'm six between six, four and six, five. And man, I mean, this guy I had to really look up to see him. Wow. Uh, I used to be around guys that tall.
0: Um, sure. uh,
1: and then I met a uh, guy who played for the, uh, New York giants, won the super bowl with them. And, uh, he, uh, had the distinction. He and his son had the distinction. They both played college ball at Boston college. And then uh, both got drafted by the um, the giants, New York Giants, and they were both the long snappers for the New York Giants, and both won Super Bowls with the Giants, uh, of course several years apart. And uh, they're the only father and son who have uh, that distinction. And he was just a really cool guy. He actually uh, is part owner of a cigar shop somewhere up in the New England area, and a, a big, a big fancy steakhouse. Uh, Steve Steve Diassi was his name. So you just you never know who you're going to meet, you know. And I mean, the the cool thing about meeting people uh, smoking cigars is they could be, uh, you know, whatever an auto mechanic or a banker or a, a, a doctor. Uh, a billionaire. I mean, you just never know who you're going to talk to.
0: I I love any time that I'm hanging out at the lounge, and if I'm not selling stuff, and if I'm not you know elbow deep in paperwork and payroll and taxes and all that kind of stuff, when I get the the opportunities to actually just enjoy the lounge, one of my favorite things is to look around the room and to see the groups of people that are sitting around the same table hanging out, and you've got. You know folks that uh live in campers and you've got folks that have multiple homes in different locations and you've got everybody in between and you've got folks that are smoking um stuff that's on the cheapest end of our spectrum sales wise and you've got folks that are smoking some of the more expensive stuff but everybody's sitting around the table shoulder to shoulder as equals and i think that's one of the neatest things about smoking cigars that I haven't necessarily seen happen um, through other means. You just put words to some of the stuff that I have felt, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. So it's a
0: good transition point here, too, Barry, because, you know, we're talking through not just meeting people, but gathering people and, and seeing people come together. Um, not only around cigars, but over the stuff that they're talking about while they're smoking. And one of the things that you started uh, was a Bible study that was that was based out of Corona Cigar Company. And, and I don't know if you started that or if you were just one of the founders of that or if you just kind of helped get momentum going. But um, you know, that's right up my alley. I I really appreciate that. That's one of the hopes behind the L J Cigar Lounge is that we'd be a place where um, spiritually intentional conversations could happen. Uh, but a lot of people don't necessarily probably understand uh, that methodology so i'd love to hear just the background on how that got started and and what that looked like and maybe even some of the ways that um you know men's lives were changed and transformed and shaped through that process if that makes sense
1: oh absolutely yeah so uh there was actually four of us uh from they all went to church together that, that loved cigars we would we would sit around and uh, commiserate and uh, you know be in each other's lives pray pray for whatever was going on with each other and uh, we said you know it would be really cool if we could expand this instead of just the four of us so um, we got permission to uh, be there on Monday nights because that was the slowest night uh, so there were, there were tables available for us to to sit at. And uh you know we invited two or three other guys so we started out with five six guys and um, as we were doing this Bible study of course there's people walking by people that obviously we knew and they uh, what you guys up to yeah so, we, we decided we would start having a Bible study here on Monday nights and uh, yeah if you want to join you're, you're welcome to and more often than not the guys would uh, sit down they sometimes weren't regulars but anytime they were in uh they would they would sit down and join us Uh, but then we grew to about i'd say uh, at least a dozen maybe 15 sometimes yeah uh, in our group on monday nights over a period of four years and then you know as as things happened, people started having to move because of jobs or situations in their life changed and a uh, couple of the guys that were in the group that were kind of the, the spearheads of it. Uh, one of them moved off to take a pastor job somewhere. And uh, so it just kind of dwindled down, and we decided at that point to just uh, let it go for a while and maybe start it back. But then life has gotten busy. <laughs> so we haven't done that. But it was a great four years. We, we, uh, were able to really reach out to some guys when they were hurting um, and and come alongside them. The, the thing is, the, I've, I've read that the average guy only has maybe one or two, at best, what they would consider close friends that they could go and talk to. And some guys don't have anybody. And uh, the the cool thing about this was, the. Appreciation that we all had for cigars was the thing that initially bonded us together. But then, uh, as as we shared our lives with these guys, they would open up and share with us, and it was a great experience for them because they they really didn't have any close friends, nobody that you know if there was something going on in their life that they could go and talk to about. So we kind of actually became. Uh, counselors uh, uh along with just a uh, a place to come and in, enjoy company you know
0: i know exactly what you're talking about um yeah I, that's you know not to go off on too big of a tangent but that's that's one of the convictions of the church that i get to pastor autumn ridge community church is that is there a place for licensed professional counseling absolutely and is there a place for you know intentional pastoral counseling, yes. Um, But there's also a real Mm -hmm. place, um, both reactively and proactively for the stuff that we face in life, for shoulder to shoulder, men to men, women to women, friends to friends. Um, That is such an important piece, uh, not just of feeling companionship, but of dealing with the stuff that you walk through in life. So brother thanks for the work that you did over those four years uh and and for the work that you continue to do now in a different way but specifically for those four years I can't imagine the ways that the Lord used that thanks for doing that
1: oh it was awesome thank you yeah and I appreciate what your what your ministry is there man it's a you got a a awesome thing going there and uh what a way to reach people who would would probably never set foot in a church building but you know here's a place where they can come and and be in community with uh, with people that have uh, uh, can help them set the moral compass in their life if they don't have one you know i mean it's it's just an awesome experience and opportunity that sh- that you're doing there
0: well I, I appreciate that affirmation um it's sometimes hard to see that day to day or moment by moment if that makes sense so I'm always grateful for folks that have more of a big picture view of what's happening. That that say stuff like that. So thanks so much for saying that, Barry. Yeah. So you know, to kind of keep on the same topic, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the groups, and it's really not even a group. It's, it's more like a worldwide movement that you're part of, and I think have some leadership in, uh, is a group called Holy Smokes, and it's. From what i've gathered essentially what you just talked about happening locally at corona uh, that happens in chapters all across the nation and even all over the world of folks getting together to enjoy cigars together to enjoy the gifts that god has given to us for his glory uh, but also to be in each other's lives to shape one another to comfort to encourage to uh, help sharpen one another so can you just tell me a little bit about holy smokes and and what that looks like
1: yeah man holy smokes is uh... It's been a real blessing in my life and the blessing of hundreds and hundreds of people, I, I'm, I'm sure, all across the world now. Uh, the founder, a guy named Kay Hiramini, uh, founded Holy Smokes, I think it was 15 years ago, in Colorado Springs. I don't know what it is about Colorado Springs, but it, it seems to be a hotbed of uh, parachurch organizations like Focus on the Family. Yes. and um, celebrate recovery. I mean, there's dozens of parachurch things. And, and, uh, anyway, Kay was uh, a cigar lover and he thought, you know, this would be a great way to build community within, within church too. Um, and, and as an outreach, like, like we had with the Bible study. So I think it was about 15 years ago, he started it and he travels all over the world with his business. And uh, every place he would go in the United States, uh, he, would, he would go to you know, cigar shops or whatever lounges and uh, uh, meet people and find out if they were um, brothers in Christ or not, or sister, in some cases, sisters in Christ. And uh, it's amazing the number of women that are now smoking cigars and yeah i think that's a, that's a great thing too i do as well so anyway he, yeah so he uh he would go and and so he decided to start this thing called holy smokes and he now there are now hundreds of little little enclaves of uh holy smokes guys we have a chapter in orlando area uh there's one in tampa they're, you know they're just everywhere Texas I mean they're all over the Dallas area they have got three or four so it's just growing like crazy it's a, it's in Asia it's in Europe so it's uh, it's really a great thing to be a part of every year they when they started this they would have what was called a conclave in Colorado Springs where guys who were in holy smokes chapters wherever Washington State, uh illinois wherever uh, if they wanted to come to this to to celebrate uh on a yearly basis with the lar- uh, larger group of holy smokes guys that was the opportunity to do it well it's gotten so big um there were i was out there this is my first time to go to the one in colorado springs and it was um there were probably close to 100 guys and, and women there
0: that's incredible uh, to
1: celebrate this. And it's not just sitting around, smoking cigars. I mean, there's some real, uh, g- great spiritual conversations that go on, uh, on Sunday morning, we actually have a, a outdoor church service with a great speaker. And, um, it's kind of unique, if you've ever, never smoked a cigar during a church service, you can actually <laughs> do that. <That's> <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so as an offshoot of that, we have now in Florida, uh, what's called the Palm clave and that's coming up this spring sometime. I don't, don't have the exact dates but we, we have the Tampa group uh, has two days of it in Tampa it starts on Thursday and uh, then they have it Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday it shifts to Orlando and we have uh, the last two days over here. We travel to people's homes and have uh, fellowship. Uh, sometimes we'll visit uh, like in, in the Ybor city uh florida there's all these historical cigar places to go the jc newman uh uh, factory uh, which i know you're about to make a trip there and
0: yeah yeah we're excited Um, about that
1: just a really cool cigar culture over there so there's there's venues that we go to and then we all go out to eat at some restaurant some night uh, as well so it's just really deal. another guy that lives in pinehurst uh, North Carolina is going to start what he's calling Pineclave and oh, nice. it's centered around <laughs> it's centered around the golf tournament at Pinehurst
0: Yes, and
1: uh, so if, you, if you're a big golfer you can go up and play golf and then go watch uh, a day of the the uh, PGA at Pinehurst and enjoy cigar fellowship with the Holy Smokes guys That's so it's cool it's really growing exploding all over the world
0: you know, I'll probably get in trouble for telling this story. You talk about smoking a cigar during a church service. Um, <laughs> I have I have, I have, have never gotten to do that, kind of by nature of my position. But during the COVID years, <laughs> when we were webcasting uh, our worship, you know, I don't even know what you call them. We call them worship webcasts, I think. It's not a gathering because we're not gathered. It's not a service. Like, it, it was just a weird time in so many ways. But there was a Sunday oh. where... um The upload of our video recording didn't load on time. It hit a snag in the firewall or something like that. And so normally we would broadcast it at 10 a.m. And that didn't happen. So we had to punt, and it was going to be like a 730 p.m. or 8 o'clock p.m., like after the kids went to bed kind of thing to try to regroup people. And so um, it had been such a day of frustration and futility. And, you know, from the dashboard of of the uh, webcast platform that we were using, I could see how many people were logged on. And so after all of this, I think we had probably three or four people that were logged on to uh, our worship webcast that day, including our family. And uh, I just decided that there was probably no other time that I was going to be able to drink a beer during a worship gathering. And so I enjoyed an IPA <laughs> while this webcast was going on because it was 8 p.m. and it had had a day. And I just kind of received some of God's common grace there. Um, so it's I gotta very try, very I gotta, very... I gotta try I gotta try smoking in a worship gathering sometime. I don't know that I can pull that off at Autumn Ridge. <laughs> uh but we'll we'll figure. I'm I'm still in my thirties. I've got a few years to figure that out. So I just I just have to figure out a time to get down to uh get down to Palmclave or Conclave at some point.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> That's great. Um, well, man, I, I, I love hearing that heart. Uh, and we are, you know, seeking to try to get some semblance of a chapter started up here in North Georgia and figure out what the Lord would do with that and what that would look like. And so, um, listeners, if you're in our area, uh, reach out to us. You can do that at hello at ellajcigars.com, or you can also do that through the Burning Questions Podcast email, which is hello at com. Uh, And just let us know that you're interested in that. And we'd love to hear from you and love to talk with you about that. Um, And Barry, I appreciate your time today. The the closing question that I'll ask you about, um, just really when you think about some of the ways for you personally, that smoking cigars have shaped and transformed your life, whether just through the act of smoking and enjoying that, or through fellowship and camaraderie and friends that you've made, or through conversations that you've shared, You know, what are some of the ways that that's looked like in your life and how would you encourage our listeners to engage with those things, um, specifically through smoking cigars, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah, Uh, well, I can tell you that the best friends that I have in the world come as a result, have come as a result of us being cigar smokers together. Uh, You when you're smoking a cigar. You know, if you're not smoking as cigar, let's say you run you run into somebody you know, but you may not be close friends with them, uh, but you know them, and you know, you, you exchange pleasantries, uh, hey, how's it going, you know, and maybe you know something about their kids, they play sports with your kids or something, you know. Uh, yeah, I saw your kid play ball the other night, it did great, whatever. You don't really ever get to know that person that type of relationship level when you light up a cigar you're going to be there for at least an hour depending on the size of the cigar maybe sometimes two uh, if you're smoking the uh the woody by leaf which is like a, a 80 ring gauge by three feet long you might Good be there grief. for a week I don't yeah know. <laughs> for sure <laughs> <laughs> but anyway the point is when you're smoking the cigar something that takes time and while you're doing that if you got uh, other people there you get into conversations with them and in an hour or two you can get to know a lot about somebody that you didn't know before that so it's a great way to get to know people and like I say as a result of that uh, community i have developed such close and deep relationships with a half a dozen guys that i would not even have known them or been in their lives or them being in my lives um without cigars so it's uh it's just been a real blessing in my life um it, it, I, I, this is kind of a, a personal maybe emotional thing but uh you know, i lost my first wife of 45 years to uh cancer uh five years ago now and um about i would say 25 there were a lot of people that came to the service Not know a lot of people from church that i go uh, that i go to but there were probably 25 percent showed up were guys that i either worked with in the cigar store or uh, made friendships with through working at the cigar store and through the Bible study and so forth. So, you know, these guys, they weren't just fair weather friends. They really cared enough to show up at this funeral uh, because we had that community, that relationship. And I wouldn't even have known those guys if they hadn't been for cigars. So built, built some really deep lasting relationships as a result of, of the cigar community.
0: That's incredible, Barry. I appreciate you sharing that. Um I think even to how you and I met. Uh it's, you know, coming up on yeah.
1: a year and a <laughs> half
0: ago probably or so. And uh you and your wife Adrian came into the L.J. Cigar Lounge and I was there working and we got to talking about cigars and you decided that you were going to light one up and hang out on the porch for a little bit and it was I don't. I don't remember the time of day or the day or anything like that. But I remember it being relatively slow, so I got to come out and sit for a little bit and smoke with you. And that's when we started talking about, um, I think, our shared interest—not just in cigars, but in the Lord. And you asked, "Man, where's where's there to go to church around here in L.J.?" I'm like, "Well." Uh, you know, I, I know a place and, and I, I don't know if it's going to be the good fit for you, but I know that cigar smoking is, is, you know, accepted and received because, uh, I serve as a pastor there. And, uh, man, from that, just being able to get to know you and Adrian and, and really it, it's gone from a acquaintance to a customer relationship to, uh, you know, brother, I consider you a deep friend and, um, you know, our families have shared, time together you've you've hosted us for for dinner at your home which was such a sweet time and um, I just think about how how rich it is whether it's meeting up at the cigar lounge, whether it's playing pickleball together, whether it's you know sharing conversations like this um, that wouldn't necessarily have happened had it not been for us both taking the time to to share a cigar together so I'm really grateful to you and grateful for cigars in general for the opportunities like that uh, that come about.
1: I really appreciate the time that I get to spend with you. I've really grown to, uh, to admire what you're doing and, uh, know the Lord is using you in a powerful way. And I look forward to deepening our relationship over the years to come. Same brother, thank you for all those nice things you said about me that aren't true. We started. You
0: You are tall, you are good looking, and I think you are the coolest guy in the room when you're there. So, I I don't, I don't, it's not two truths and a lie, it's just three truths, Barry. Just three truths. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. Um, I look forward to smoking one in person with you soon next time that you're up in LJ. Uh, But until then, brother, I really appreciate you joining us on this episode of the Burning Questions podcast. And thank you, friend, for listening to this episode of the Burning Questions podcast. We're five episodes in and we've gotten to have some really incredible conversations. But humbly... I'd like to ask for your help in helping us to take the next step as a podcast. And there are three primary ways that you can help us do just that. The first is for you to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already done so. Even if you have already subscribed on one podcast platform, you can subscribe on other platforms as well. Second, rate and leave us a review for this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And third... We'd be honored for you to pass along the burning questions podcast to your friends and family members that would enjoy listening to conversations like these. We'd also love to hear from you. If you've got feedback for us, or if you've got an idea for a future episode, even if you have a burning question that you would like to ask, drop us a line. Our email address is hello at burningquestionspodcast.com. Thanks again for listening. You can learn more about the Ella Cigar Lounge at ljcigars.com, And you can learn more about the Burning Questions podcast at burningquestionspodcast.com. Until then, we will look forward to our next conversation with you right here on the Burning Questions podcast.